Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Good morning. Hey, I'm excited. We're in week seven of our series, Crucial Conversations, and uh, we're going to be in Luke 14 this morning. And as we head into it, I just kind of want to open us here with a little story. Uh, Back probably about 10 years ago, uh, when I was on staff at a church in Indianapolis, we had developed a partnership with a work in Nairobi, Kenya, in one of the poorest slums in all of Kenya called uh, the Matari Valley. And uh, I had gone over there to uh, serve with one of our missions teams, and they let us know when we got there that there was a uh, school that they had for high schoolers that was about two hours away in a village called Joska. And they said, hey, we're going to take you guys out to Joska, and hey, Pastor Dave, we know that you also played basketball, and although basketball is not a huge sport here in Kenya, soccer is the the biggest sport, um, we would love to have you do some basketball clinics and basketball training for our students in Joska. So pulled up there, it was a, you know, a wonderful campus. I noticed right away that there was a lot of kids and students playing soccer over there on a real soccer field and all that. So I made my way over to this newly formed basketball court. And what I witnessed was there was a group of kids who, who were running with basketballs and they were throwing them at each other and they were trying to kick them into the basketball goal and they weren't staying in the lines of anything. And I said to the guy I was with, I said, hey, what's going on here? He said, they're playing basketball. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not basketball. This is some sort of combination of dodgeball, (laughs) soccer, all this stuff. And so I started doing this basketball clinic with them, and I had all these ideas in my brain of what I was going to do. And I ended up spending like two hours just showing them how to dribble and do a layup, <laughs> how to just dribble up and, and this. And I remember the one coach, he said, hey, are, are you not allowed to use your feet in basketball? And I said, no, 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 guys. That's, that's like a turnover. You can't use your feet in basketball. So what we're going to look at, Today, in Luke 14, is Jesus, once again, is in the midst of having conversations with people. And what he's trying to do is reorient them back to the essence of what the gospel is about and what the kingdom of God is is about. Because it's gotten off and it's strayed. And so Jesus is here. In Luke 14, at this, what Scripture says is this prominent Pharisee's house. Now, for the Scripture to actually mention the fact that he was prominent means, I mean, he was really influential, really well-to-do. I mean, to have this banquet in his home with all these people there, I mean, 
He was a very successful, very influential person. And Jesus is invited to this banquet, and none of his other disciples are with him that we know of. And what Jesus begins to do is Jesus begins to reshape their value system because it had gotten off. So as we look here, there's, there's four things that he's going to do. He's going to really challenge them on their priorities. He's going to challenge them on their posture. He's going to challenge them on their, their perspective and on their principles. And so let's read, and then we're going to look at how these this crucial conversations that Jesus is having and what he's ultimately trying to do. Starting in verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat at the house of a prominent Pharisee, a Pharisee was somebody who was a, a high-level religious person, very respected, very devoted, very knowledgeable of the Word of God, God's ways, all this. So this is, this is where Jesus finds himself surrounded by guests. Once again, he's trying to reshape their value system. So he was, he was being carefully watched. So he's, he's there with a prominent Pharisee. He's being carefully watched because what they're trying to do is they're actually trying to catch Jesus in some sort of mistake or flaw. And in our culture today, guys, we have to watch because it's crazy to me that unfortunately most people today, Jesus is on trial, they're not on trial. It's like, hey, Jesus has to prove himself to me. God has to prove himself to me. Christianity has to prove itself to me. Like, hey, I'm in the position, I'm sitting in the position of the one who's going to decide whether this God thing is right or wrong. We've put ourselves in the position of authority. So there, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. He had a thing called droopsy. It was extremely painful. It was very uh, discomforting. It was very uh, hard to look at and be around. And so if you read the backstory of what's happening here, these Pharisees actually brought this person to this banquet to bring him in front of Jesus to try to catch Jesus in some sort of technical, a technicality, a flaw, so they can discredit him. This is what's happening there. So Jesus asked the Pharisees, he's discerning what's going on. He asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? He's, he's discerning and understanding what they're trying to do. They're trying to trap him because if he does a healing, then they're going to say, hey, we're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. You can't be legitimate. You can't be God. You can't be from God because you're violating the, the Sabbath law. So Jesus asked them. He's, he's in this conversation with them. He asked them, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not. But they remain silent. 
So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. And then he asked them, so he asked them again, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. So Jesus is here, again, he's trying to reshape them because their mindset of what it meant to to walk with God, to have a relationship with God, to walk under the law, all this stuff, they were ignoring most of the Old Testament that had to do with compassion. Over and over and over again, God would say to them in the Old Testament, hey, at one time you were aliens and foreigners and slaves in Egypt and I rescued you. You know what it's like to be an outsider, right? So I want you to be gracious and compassionate to to outsiders. And they, they were just, there was no provision in the Old Testament, nothing ever when it talked about the Sabbath that said you couldn't do an act of kindness on the Sabbath, And he's trying to bring it back to him and and say, like, listen, if your son fell into a well 40 feet down on the Sabbath, you would immediately go and get him and rescue him and do everything that you could. Because here's the thing, guys. The question he's asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Or in other words, what's the essence of religion? He's trying to get him back to the, to the essence, the core of what it is. To the Pharisees, religion had created a callous indifference to people and the world around them. Religion had actually done the very opposite thing of what God wanted it to do. We're going to see here in a minute, it had actually justified them and emboldened them into their position of self-righteousness. Callous indifference. Jesus was reshaping their perspective to see that true religion is centered in deep compassion for people and rescuing the needy. If if God's grace does not move us to have a heart for hurting people, then something's off. Something's off. He goes on. Verse 7. This is Jesus. When he noticed how the guest picked the places of honor at the table. He told them this parable. So he's watching. He's watching how this group of religious people, this church, these Pharisees, what their mode is, what's what's their MO, their mode of operation. And he's watching him, and he's noticing everybody jockeying for position and notoriety and wanting to be noticed. So he tells them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. 
If so, the host will invite both of you, will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. It's kind of like one time when I went in and I sat in first class (laughs) and I didn't have a first class ticket. And they came and like, can I see your ticket? And I'm like, oh, I'm in the, back in the coach, but I saw the seat was empty. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, sir, but you need it. And I had to walk back to 34E all the way back. He'll come and say, give this person your seat. See, G- Jesus is telling these parables because he's, guys, He's getting more at the heart. He's trying to deal and do surgery on our hearts. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, like Chad Overhauser, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So his question is, how should we posture ourselves before God and the world? Are Christians, are we, should we be primarily known and postured as arrogant and pompous, or should we be primarily postured as humble servants? We said it a couple weeks ago, the world many times knows what we're against, they don't know what we're for. To the Pharisees, religion had become about self-justification, self exaltation, and self-promotion. That's what it it was about. If we're not careful, we can come in to situations like this and environments like this, and we can come in and all what we really care about is are we recognized? How do we look on the outside? Right? Come on, church, church can be known for that. Everything they did, the Pharisees, was to be seen, honored, and recognized by people. It's a heart attitude. Jesus urges them, and he urges us, to be humble in our public behavior, and even more, to be humble in our hearts. Are we content to sit and to serve in places of seemingly little importance. So what it, what's the essence? Is the essence about recognition, or is the essence about just hum- humble, posturing ourselves humbly and serving? Come on. In our Renovate Equip thing in week two, we were talking about this whole thing of we never outgrow service. Jesus said, hey, listen, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We don't graduate 
out of service in the kingdom of God where it's like, hey, at one point I was willing to do this, but now I'm much more important. I don't do that anymore. People serve me now. And Jesus is saying you're going down kind of the wrong path <laughs> of where that's leading you. So we never, we never graduate out of service. So then Jesus goes on. He said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not simply invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus is recentering them. He's reorienting them. Guys, at the essence of what he's dealing with here is if we're not careful, we can get into a mindset of two things. One, we only associate with people like us or we only do things or host or bless people that can, we can actually benefit from. Come on. Essentially, Jesus is dealing here with, hey guys, at the, at the core of who you are, are you a consumer or are you a contributor? Is, guys, when I was studying this week, this stuff challenges me. Come on, am I only going to be friends with somebody until they don't come to church? Then it's not authentic. In my world, it's called bait and switch. I will love bomb you to death to get you to do what I want you to do, which is come to my church and give and do these things and serve. But as soon as you're not willing to do that, then you're dead to me. Come on. This is what he's dealing with. So his question is, what is true hospitality, ministry, and engagement look like? To the Pharisees, religion had come about loving, serving, and relating to only those people who looked, act, and thought like they did. And who could benefit them. What can these people do for me? Jesus came to principally change them. True religion is to care about those in need, those overlooked, and those who cannot benefit or repay you. Come on. Guys, I can tell you, man, some of the greatest joy in the world is, is authentically and genuinely loving someone that, that can't do anything for you. Come on. A couple weeks ago, I got to go down to 
Mexico. Jim Klingen, one of the members here, and his wife for 15 years went 11 times to a village called Camacho Inn, an hour and 40 minutes from Morelia, 9,000 feet up. And I got to go and got to just serve there and bless them. And, and I just remember, like, God speaking to me, and he's like, Dave, like, yeah, you played in the NBA, but I've sent you to all these places in the world where many people wouldn't even want to go. Like, who wants to go to the slum in Kenya? Who wants to go to this remote village, right? And yet, I got there and saw God amazingly at work. And I'm like, wow, God, thank you that I got to, to see this and participate in this. And then last, so Jesus, Jesus is in this conversation at this banquet. He's, he's changing their perspective. He's changing their posture. He's changing them principally. And then last, he's going to challenge their priorities. Let's pick it up in verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, this Jesus talking about who they were inviting to their banquets and so forth. He said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. He's actually trying to change the subject. It's like, hey, this is getting kind of uncomfortable here, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, let's change it here. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, a great banquet, and invited many guests. The invitation is always going out. It's always going out. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Listen, guys, Jesus isn't saying that any of the, these things are completely bad or that they're wrong. What he's saying is they can't be supreme in your life. He said, yeah, these are normal things. These are things we do when we live. They just can't become the most important thing. The servant came back. It's a parable about God. And reported this to his master. <laughs> the God of the universe inviting you and I to sit at his table. 
and to know him intimately and to, 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 to walk with him and talk. Guys, I'm just telling you, I've often thought to myself when Jesus walked the earth and he called people, said, hey, come follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. And I, I remember the time he called the, the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler said, no, no, I, I have too, too much wealth, too, mu- too, mu- too much riches. And I can't, I'm, not gonna, I'm not willing to set that aside right now, Jesus to come follow you. And Jesus went away sad. If you read the scriptures, truly, his own disciples said to him, hey, Jesus, what's in it for us? Like, Jesus, we've given up father, mother, sister, brother to come follow you. And Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, not only in this lifetime, but in the one to come, you will receive 30, 60, and a hundredfold. I often thought the rich young ruler thought he was choosing the treasure, and he missed the treasure. The treasure. Look, guys, whatever you're Whatever God asks you to lay down for him, it's because he has something better for us. I mean, when I was in the NBA, he said, lay down relationships right now. Quit trying to go every place you go. Is is it her? Is it her? Is it her? Is it her? He's like, I have a daughter for you. I have a bride for you. Just trust me. And I made a decision in July of 1991. God, I'm going to trust this area of my life to you. And two months later, I had a phone call with the one person on the planet I wanted to marry who had just given her life to Christ in California. And God connected us together, and we've been married for 30 years. When God is asking you to put something on the altar to lay it down, it's because he has something better for you and for us. And I think about that, the rich young ruler, man, and it's like, dude, do you realize that you could have, like, walked with Jesus, seen miracles, been a part of God? Guys, I'm telling you, there's, there's so many times where it's like, I was one time doing this outreach in South Africa, and a guy came up to me and says, do you ever miss not playing it? I said, no. God called me out of it, and I'm getting to experience more than what I ever. Relationships are richer. I'm more, but I'm getting to see more things. This is what's happening. The owner of the house became angry. I mean, guys, I, 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 I've prepared all this. And he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Guys, I, this might be a controversial statement. I'm going to just say it and we can process it theologically. When I read this, guys, I go, I'm the poor, the blind, the lame. I wasn't the first choice. He's speaking to, 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 to these 
Jewish religious leaders, and he's saying to them, you haven't responded appropriately to my invitation. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, master being God, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. What is called to be the priority of our lives? To the Pharisees, they had failed to properly respond to God's invitation. Jesus was showing them that all none of the, these excuses and distractions were ultimately bad things. They were not called to become ultimate things. The kingdom of God is called to be the supreme priority of our lives. So here's our final takeaways. God has a passion to save people. He has a passion for it. As a church, I want us to, to carry that passion. I mean, here's this man at the beginning of this story sitting in front of him, and the religious people had no, no compassion for him. There's hurting, broken people all around us. How do we, how do we view that? Is, is religion driving us from them, or is it taking us to them? We have to respond. We can't just, I almost preached the message this morning on another conversation Jesus had with the Bible knowledge teacher who came and said, you know, hey Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him a parable of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. And essentially what he was saying is, look, you know everything, you know all the right answers, you're just not doing it. Just because we know everything isn't the same thing if we're actually living it and applying it. We have to respond. God wants to work with us in calling people into his kingdom. He sent the servant out, that's us, and said, go, invite them in, compel them to come in. The ultimate responsibility to seeing people come into a relationship with God through Jesus does not rest on us, but we do have a responsibility to engage, love, share, compel. We do. Come on, I, I myself, I'm challenged by this. Come on. Why don't we do it? I think we don't want to be rejected. As I have the worship team come up, guys, we've looked at seven conversations <laughs> that Jesus had. 
with the woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus, the woman from Samaria who had five husbands. Guys, <laughs> over and above, his love, mercy, and unbelievable compassion for people the lost son, the lost sheep, the lost coin. It's, I mean, many times we're playing Christianity like they were playing basketball in Kenya. And Jesus is com coming always to say, man, let, let me reshape your heart. Let me reshape your perspectives, Dave. Let me reshape your posture. You're getting arrogant. Let me reshape your principles. Let me reshape your priorities. Will we allow him to do that? See, when I read this chapter this week, the author said something that I had never really thought about. He said, somebody had to have responded to what Jesus said at that banquet because there was no disciples there because somebody had to tell Luke that story. Somebody sitting there responded. And we're talking about it 2,000 years later. Will we respond? Let's stand to our feet. Lord, let us be a church that's postured in humility and grace and love and mercy and compassion. Let us walk in step with you your heart for people, your heart for families, your heart for marriages, your heart for the broken. God, pour out your grace and your spirit over us. God, open doors for your kingdom. Open doors for your gospel. We pray, God, fill your house with grateful people. God, open doors for us all around us to to, to love on people, to not just love those who look like us and act like us and think like us. And oh, God, help us. They sought honor, but God, we want to honor what you honor. <laughs> help us to do that. We love you, Jesus. It's in your mighty name we pray, in Jesus' name. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you're able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.